Hello, Farm Friends. Welcome back in here to another Farm Friends Pen Care Total Office podcast. My name is Graham Cadell, and you know who you are, so we're all even on that. And as uh, we always do before we chit-chat with our guest here today, we'd like to pay tribute to our sponsor, which is David Pennell with Pen Care Total Office. And we will hear from those folks, and we will be right back. Are you using Pencare Total Office for your office supplies and office furniture needs? Many businesses in Ash and surrounding counties are already taking advantage of their great products and services. Pencare is an approved HP, Brother, Canon, and Epson ink and toner supplier. They offer free local delivery and easy online ordering for all your office and janitorial needs. They're also on NC State contract for government and state agencies. Give Pencare a call today at 336-990-0774 or visit them at pencarellc.com or Facebook. From the break room to the boardroom, Pencare Total Office totally has it all. Yes, they do. Be sure to see those folks real soon. Again, that is Pencare Total Office in North Wilkesboro, and David Pennell is the gentleman there to see. We appreciate their support, and we also appreciate the support of the Ash County Chamber of Commerce for allowing us to pursue this. So thank you very much. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we're excited to bring in Mr. Tim Barker from Country Gardens in Creston. You've heard him on the radio before, and now today you can hear him with an extended conversation here on our podcast and so we say hello tim oh hey how's it going doing well sir good to have you back with us uh in this fashion today we're doing a podcast so we can uh talk a little bit further about some of the interviews you've done on the radio with us in uh, days past but uh for folks that don't know you and your family own country gardens in creston and uh we want to learn today and find out a little more in detail about some history and then we'll talk about what's going on for spring how does that sound sounds perfect all right. I just want to say thank you uh, also to the sponsor there. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And, and to the chamber for, for, you know, it's a lot of work that goes together to make this community run. And those are, it's really important to have that going on. No doubt about it. We appreciate everyone's support. And, um, well, let's, let's kind of just jumpstart it here this morning. Uh, Country Gardens, before we get into the, uh, where you are today, so to speak, I know folks might would like to know a little history about your family. And I know there's a lot of people that know your family. So oh, if thanks. you will. Well, it's been um, it's been quite a journey. Uh, I guess I'll start anecdotally with, uh, like, ever since I've been a, a small child, uh, like at the age of four, um, my grandmother had a bush, and I cut the branch off, and I stuck it in the ground, and it grew, and I was hooked. How about that? That's where it started. And um, so, you know, uh, it came to a point where Dad decided he wanted to start a greenhouse business because he used to work a long time ago down at Smithport with with Powers Greenhouse before before it changed. And she had a pet macaw. Like, how many pet macaws do you know of in Ash County? And she had a giant red macaw. Okay. And I was completely blown away by that. And so that was my early experiences, and I, I, I totally got sucked into it. And um, so I was, like, growing orchids in high school. So I was a complete idiot. Um, and uh, and anyway, so when you, when, you, when you get out there in the world and you realize that other people have the same passion that you do mm-hmm. and that they have, like, managed to do something with it. So um, there's Tony Avent out of uh, Raleigh-Durham area, and he was also afflicted as a small child <laughs> for plants. <laughs> so it's like we're all bubbling to the surface, like, oh, my gosh. And, and the great thing that's really been discovered is, like, how good they are for everybody. Like, you know, in England, they're saying now that doctors should prescribe gardening. Right. And in in Japan, they prescribe forest bathing 
as a thing to make people feel better. Mm -hmm. So there's all these benefits, and certainly that's come to the forefront with our um, with the COVID and the lockdown and homesteading and all this sort of stuff. So fast forward for me a little bit, I tried to go into something else for a while because I thought, ah, you know, that's too too. I don't know. I've already done it or something. And right. So uh, I was in college. I volunteered at the greenhouse. Dad said, I'm starting a greenhouse. And this is 27 years ago. Okay. And um, we're so, not we're not showing our age here. Not a bit. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's more gray here than I than I care to comment on. <laughs> but um, so I started working with her and she was just so illuminating and so interested and and she was so helpful and so we got started like 27 years ago and started with these little greenhouses and even though for the first structure we put up is still standing and it's made from pvc pipe because that's what we knew to do at the time right and it's just been amazing that you know even from the smallest beginnings we've really been able to at least if not have massive gorgeous structures we've certainly been able to exercise the passion for the plants and so the, the area around the yard is landscaped. We've been doing that since the house was built, which is almost 50 years ago. So you get to see a chance, you get a chance to see a really mature landscape. And um, as a result of that, I have a really good sense for how a landscape can adapt and change through the years because you, your landscape doesn't need to be the same for you when you're a young family as it does for when you're retired. Right. And oftentimes, you know, we, the, the grass area can shrink. So you can plant more shrubs and sort of shrink the area in. And then you have these beautiful borders and flowers all year. And anyway, I, I'm getting a little sidetracked. Um, hey, let me, let me, uh, let me jump in here just on that note, just yeah. a minute before we get too far into the conversation. Maybe I missed this. Maybe you, maybe you said it and I didn't catch it. Did you say who your parents were? Oh gosh. Uh, and, and you are a native of Ash County. Yeah. So, um, uh, I'm so silly. No, no, um, no. That's all right. So, yeah, my parents are Gerald and Nancy Barker. Okay. Um, and um, my grand my grandparents was uh, Hugh McCoy and uh, Emma McCoy. Okay. And um, she was an Osborne before she got married. Anyway, so they are uh, from over on Cabbage Creek originally. Um, and so I do have a lot of history of being in the area. In fact, um, like that goes way, way back. We've got pictures of the, the great, great, greats hanging on the wall um i just wanted folks to know that you were you know your family your heritage of ash county and you were local and uh yeah. not to interrupt your story or your train of thought but i wanted them to know you were talking about your parents so now they do know yeah so um yeah so that started with them and it also came from the beale side that's on my dad's side of the the barker side of the family because uh my grandmother she would have pots of everything all around her porch and she would always save her milk jugs so that she could sow her tomato seeds on her back porch. Okay. And so that was really, like, just to go and see her was such a delight, and I think that's where I got a lot of the passion from, from both sides of the family, really. Right. Because, obviously, my grandpa was a farmer. He did tobacco. And uh, we did. he never got into the Christmas trees, though. That was after his his time. Okay. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of history in the family, and now my cousin Sandy, she's got the— the place over on Cabbage Creek, and um, I have the one that's adjacent to our other property. For folks that don't know where Cabbage Creek is, where is Cabbage Creek? God, Lord, I don't know if I could even say how did it get up there. <laughs> is it's, it is it in the county? It's in the county, okay. but it's way over there. You know, it's just not an area I'm It's on the with. roundabout. 
Perfect. <laughs> That's all you had to say. Do you know the roundabout? I know where the roundabout okay, is. Yeah, so the roundabout. So it's known locally as Cabbage Creek. Cabbage Creek is all on right. up in there. Okay. And uh, it's because the skunk cabbage, I think, would grow there in that one spot. And okay. so we have a really wet field, and the, the native skunk cabbage grows there. Okay. Um, which Sandy's got that property now, and she's got big plans for that. And uh, It's really being nice because uh, she's coming into retirement, and she's going to be coming up here. And I, so I'm looking forward to seeing her again because we grew up like brother and sister, even okay. though we were cousins. Right. That's like you do up here, though. You get, Your cousins are like your brothers and sisters that, in many ways. That's exactly right. So um, – I I am um so I get a little bit crazy with all the plants and I did theater for a long time. I was a theater major in college and that's when I was volunteering at the greenhouse and dad started the business and I pursue I pursue the world of theater and I do real well with that. I'm in Charlotte for a couple of years and I moved to New York City and I spent 17 years in New York City and I guess full on 10 years of that was at least six or seven was in theater work. How about that? Okay. And, yeah. And when I sold some soap, too, because, you know, you have to have something that you do. Right. Okay. And then I, I fell into motion graphics production and photography for a while. How exciting. I was crazy. And, like, and then uh, after that, I applied to work at the New York Botanical, and um, they give an exam, and I aced it. I was the highest score of anyone in the, in the group. How about that? Well, and that made me feel pretty good yeah. because I was self-taught. Right. I didn't have any horticultural training. I was just like learning on the fly. Wow. And um, and they the people in that class were both people who worked for them and for people from their School of Professional Horticulture. So nice. I, I felt pretty awesome. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so they hired me and I worked for them for five years and I got like – what an amazing experience. I worked in a glass house in New York City in the middle of winter. I was taking care of palm trees and tropical plants, upland rainforest, lowland rainforest, putting in massive orchid shows. And it was the middle of winter, and I'm in New York City, and it was just like the best of all the worlds I could imagine. Wow, that is interesting. It was so cool. Yeah. Uh, I've got some pictures of that, and I'm like, oh, my God, I worked on that. That's amazing. Yeah. Um. And I got to be trained uh, in kiku, which is a Japanese chrysanthemum technique. They basically kiku is Japanese for chrysanthemum, and there's all these specific styles and specific uh, cultivars which are trained specific ways. And I know that sounds like a lot of particulars, but it is Japanese because you know they're particular. Okay. And um, I'm really excited this fall. I'm going to have examples that i've grown i did a test grow this past year and right. the 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 little rooted cuttings are now about a foot tall and it's about time to get crazy with the training wow so there's a type called kengai and it's a waterfall chrysanthemum and you train the chrysanthemums down a, a form and it looks like a like a beautiful waterfall and it's meant to like uh harken back to the chrysanthemums that would grow over rocks on cliffs in right. japan right so I'm going to have some of those up, and I'm going to try my hands at some other stuff. So I'm hoping to do a little bit of a like fall exhibition and maybe have some some green tea yeah. served out one night. Um, there you go. Um, so that's one of the other – that's that's an indulgent passion of mine. And then because of all that exposure at the New York Botanical, um, I went completely nuts into tropical stuff too. So um, the little greenhouse that we built ages ago is full – of every kind of plant that I have ever come in contact with that I've been able to keep alive and grow. That's pretty cool. So, and I'm breaking it down, desert Southwest, Africa, Madagascar, 
Then I have a section that's citrus and hibiscus because they're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And then I have another section, which is the, uh, like the upland rainforest. Okay. And then I have, um, I have, a, I don't have a lot of palms represented cause they get too big. I can't handle palm trees. <laughs> Um, and what, then a begonia collection and okay. fuchsias and and so it was a beautiful beautiful group of succulents and cactus and and I you know I can't do anything with them right now mm-hmm. like but I'm keeping them going and I'm getting them bigger and at some point I hope to be able to get them to displayed in such a way that they could be like exhibited because right. when I was at the New York Botanical the thing that was the most amazing was children when they would come through and they would walk through the different biomes of the world. So, you know, there's the deserts and then there's the upland rainforest where it's cool and misty and cloudy. And then there's the hot, baking, like sunny, humid, um, actually rather dark in most places because you're at the bottom of the forest floor. But the kids would go through and that would open up their eyes to this incredibly huge world. Like the world is so big and there's so different, so many different places to be and way that plants would live. And so um, I would like to have that experience experience and to give that to other people too because it's it's amazing right um so i'm I'm, i keep them there and if anybody if there's any teachers who want to borrow specimens from the greenhouse and do stuff on it by all means reach out and contact me i would love to have some plants go into some schools so people so the kids could see what a plant from madagascar looks like cool hey let me interject right here you're listening to our farm friends pin care total office podcast here today and our special guest is tim barker with country gardens in creston and you can tell this guy is passionate about what he does and we're talking about madagascar and words that i do not know how to pronounce but he does and uh man this is really educational i'm learning a lot here tim so please continue oh well um so i you know tony avent down at at rare find uh in raleigh durham he's getting his gardens up to be a sister uh garden to jc ralston arboretum Okay. So uh, they're in conjunction. It's also a for-profit connected to a non-profit that he's doing. And, um, you know, this is something that's so outside of my wheelhouse, but this is a direction I want to go because I would love for us to have a place that's, you know, here for us, not only to celebrate our local native plants, but also to open the eyes of of locals and of children to, like, the other world. Because, you know, I've been through drought here Mm -hmm. in the county. Yeah. And then I was in California for five years. Right. And, and let me tell you, we don't know what dry is. <laughs> I bet. It's, it, I bet. It's, it is so different. It, uh, like, you know, it doesn't rain in California, basically, from, uh, like, you only get rain from around October, if you're lucky, to maybe January, February. Is that right? And okay. then it's done. Wow. So you, the rest of the time, there is no rain that falls, and everything that's there has to be adapted for that. Interesting. Or it has to get water. So I learned more about irrigation than I care to know about out there. No um, doubt. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Oh, yeah. So the, to, to put that timeline together in case you're an ABC kind of learner, uh, it was New York City. And then I moved to Los Angeles for five years. Okay. And I was out there. And that exposure set me up with the like the deserts and all the succulents. And then there's also a, the particular biome out there is really fascinating because it, it's Mediterranean. Right. So you get this winter wet and summer dry, and there's all these plants that are so beautiful and impossible to grow anywhere else. Because if you water them in the summertime, they die. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So um, anyhow, 
I had a great time out there, and a lot of that stuff is there. So if you like rare plants or, you know, you're a teacher, you want to borrow one for your class, by all means, reach out to us, and, and we'll see if we can't make arrangements to to um, to get that that tiny little leg of education going there. And um, we're working on a studio space. I'm really excited about that because I, when I was in New York, I did photography, and I, I got to do some, some product photography. I did some stuff for Mark Jacobs. Um, okay did his fragrance, two of his uh, bottles way back when. And, and I love doing that work um, mostly because uh, if you're doing a, shooting a flower, they don't complain about how bad they look in the picture. Right. Um, which means I probably shouldn't shoot, shoot people. Um, <laughs> well, you know, there's something to be said for that too, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like them. So, so I get in that uh, photographic studio set up and we're also going to be bringing in um, – I don't know. Uh, it's really wide open. It's a multi-purpose space, and it's just meant to be that way. But I'm definitely thinking there'll be some, like some educational classes coming up, like mm-hmm. how to win the battle against weeds. I, when you played that first time, I was on the air, and you guys talking talking about how much you hate weeding. I was like, I need to talk to them because <laughs> I've right. got some points on how they can do this weeding. Yeah. So, um, uh, secret is cardboard. Just okay. so you know. Secret is cardboard. All right. So we should save that for another discussion. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I will leave it there. Um, <laughs> All right. Cool deal. Um, so, yeah. So the business is here and you know, parents have been doing it their whole lives. And right. they have worked so hard and they have really built something. And they have a lot of people who I value tremendously who come by because mom and dad are the one they get their plants from. Right. And tr- trust me, they know the plants. They know which tomatoes are good and which peppers to grow and Mm-hmm. And then I come in and I start throwing in some new stuff. Like we've got like, I don't know, 20 of the craziest, hottest peppers you've ever heard of. Okay. So I don't know what, I don't know if I'm going to be able to eat them, but I'm going to grow them. <laughs> now, in terms of that, like ghost pepper, is that some of that? Uh, or is it that's a, different... a little one? That's like, that's, that's like low on the scale of what we've got. I've we've... just heard like people. Oh yeah. People ghost pepper's are... pain. Okay. Yeah. Pain. I, hear, I hear a lot of people talking about the threshold of pepper. Yeah, you know peppers when they eat them, and I hear that term ghost uh, ghost peppers, and those are way up there. Okay, but so we have Carolina Reaper, California Reaper. Okay, uh, I don't, I can't remember all the names of them, but they've all got crazy names because hot pepper people are crazy, right? Um, but like the ghost pepper is not as hot as these are supposed to be. They're supposed <laughs> okay. to be the hottest peppers in the world. Wow. Yeah, so I don't think I'll be able to eat them, but I'm going to enjoy growing them. There you go. Um. So I'm really grateful for my folks and that they've done all that work. And um, I'm also like I'm also a person who has a lot of interest with plants, as you might tell. And sure. also, um, I need to find a way to live here. And so um, I started an Etsy store. Yeah. And so um, I offer some of the rarer stuff on there, and uh, that's really exciting because you know there's sometimes you'll get to meet with people you don't even like even think you'd ever. Come across. I never. Exactly. And they're like so grateful because I've got this one in Thurium that nobody else in the country apparently had for sale. And this guy contacted me from out in Oregon and he paid me to send him a, a, a Thurium all the way to Oregon. So here I am in Ash County with this crazy backstory of like New York City and Los Angeles with a contact somebody in Oregon sending them a nobody else has got an Anthurium. An Anthurium. Anthurium. Yeah. Anthurium. So I'm okay. sorry. For, for it's a beautiful palette flower is okay. what they call it and it it looks like a heart yeah uh with a with a thing sticking out the middle of it. it's kind of rude actually <laughs> that's all right well you got to describe it 
Yeah, you're describing it for people out in space here. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Um, oh, which brings us to, I have an Instagram, and it's uh, Mountain Paradise Gardens and Mountain Paradise Nursery, which if you want to go there and follow me, so please do. But, like, um, a picture is sometimes worth a thousand words. So if you want to see some of this stuff that I'm talking about, it's on there, and you can, like, hopefully just have a great time looking at some really cool pictures of some really outlandish way out from out there plants. Let me ask you, too, for folks that don't know, tell them about the Etsy account. What is what is that? Okay, Etsy is a, is a store set up for online retailers. Okay. Um, but it's really accessible. and the, But they generally start off as, like, people for arts. Mm-hmm. So it sort of started there. But then, for some reason, the plant folks kind of got folded into that, too. So if you're looking for a rare plant or whatever, then that's kind of a, a good place to go. eBay does a lot of it, too, but I haven't I haven't done eBay yet. So it is an online portal. Yeah, it's an online portal, okay. and they set it up, and you know they take care of your taxes and your fees and all that sort of stuff. So it's really easy to do. Sure, um, but it's it's also like um, it still takes a lot to keep the the listings updated. And man, shipping is crazy because like yeah. if you can imagine, you're trying to ship something and tell someone how much it's going to cost, and yet while it's listed, it continues to grow. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah exactly. So you're like, I have this one plant. I had to ship that day. It's like. Oh boy, this is like twice as big as it was when I listed it. So uh, <laughs> yeah. they'll be happy, but I don't know how I'm get it there. So, right, right. I mean, I've I've sent stuff out, and I was like, I'm not you really making money on this, but it'll go, and I'll have some more room in the greenhouse. That's right. So the guy in Oregon was happy. Oh God, he was thrilled. And yeah. then I got a call from somebody else who's like, "Do you have any more?" And I'm like, "Don't yet." I'll, Will you please let me know? And I was like, "Sure." Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, I have work to do. I've got right, propagation right. to make. Yeah, exactly. So, obviously, you're you're expanding, you're uh, not expanding, you're expanding your boundaries, obviously, with the ability to, to stretch into some other areas with the social limelight on, on these portals. Yeah, well, it's what's crazy is that, like, you wouldn't, I mean, there's not a lot of, well, one thing, let's start back it up. Yep. Not a lot of people in Ash County have homes with windows, mm-hmm. and it's cold here, so right. we're kind of like, we kind of have a difficult time growing a lot of these plants. Sure. So if you want to grow them and you're not succeeding, it might just be that you don't have the right sort of window for them. Right. And so um, when I was in California and all that exposure to those different types of, of, of living and those like windows and the climate. So um, there's not a lot of people here who can who can support or 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 take advantage of those plants that I'm growing. So that's right. a great outlet for me to have. But that being said... I also am completely into um, the stuff that does well here. Like we're expanding our native selections. I've got a variegated. Oh, please don't laugh at me here. It's a broom sage. Broom sage. Okay. So, every, every, like farmers hate broom sage, and it's one of the most beautiful native plants that we have, and it gives you so much interest. And there was a plant that was collected and grown, and then sent to Germany, and they were growing it out in Germany. And one of the plants there happened to come out variegated and since then the germans are crazy plantophiles in case you didn't know okay and they took that that plant into tissue culture which means they took tiny little cells from it and put it into a plate of nutrients and agitated it and then they cut it apart and from that they now have thousands and thousands of this native plant of ours which is variegated so you'll get these beautiful creamy streaks and this red highlights that will form on this plant it's our native wow. Wow. So 
It's gone all the way over there, and now it's come back to another nursery, and I'm buying in those small little plants. I'm on a wait list. Okay. It's been over a year, and I'm waiting for these things. How about that? So they're coming, and it's a native, and I love that we can have um, beautiful native plants that are – like extra beautiful or extra hardy or all this sort of stuff. I mean, I've got Benjamin Franklin trees and those were a Benjamin Franklin story. You know, there was a collectors and they went through and they found these trees and then they, they named it after Benjamin Franklin who was alive at the time. He's a personal friend of theirs. They went back, they got the seeds then mm-hmm. they grew the seeds out and they go back a third time and all of them are gone. Really? They no longer exist in the wild. It's it's extinct in the wild. And every single tree that's alive now that's a Benjamin Franklin tree is a result of that one collection event that happened at the Alatamahina River. Alatamaha? Alatamaha. Alatamaha. Yeah. Well, it's what, what you said. Yeah. yeah. I can't say it either, but it was down near Georgia. Okay. All right. Um, so that's, <laughs> uh, that's the range. And, you know, so we're explaining to really trees and shrubs. And it's really crazy because, like, you have so few opportunities to really plant a tree. So it's really important to get that right. Now, right. we're lucky here in Ash. A lot of people have room. We've got some space, and, and that, so you can sort of do the bigger stuff, like like shade trees, like maples and beech and all this sort of stuff. Oak. Yeah. But you know, a lot of people are limited, and so town gardens need smaller trees. And, and so our, um, I like to grow the smaller trees because I can fit more in my yard. Right. Because I'm a crazy plant corrector person but um so it's really nice to be able to expand and to do those things which are both the natives and also the the hybridized stuff because I, I think you remember on the spot i did we were talking about the magnolias yes so we have this magnolia native called a magnolia macrophylla okay and it has the largest leaf of any native plant in north america wow and each leaf can be like two feet along across and it's about i don't know maybe 10 inches wide and they come in a whirl so it's this massive parasol of leaves, and it has these huge flowers on it that are sweetly scented, and it's a native here, and they're not in the trade because no one thinks to look at these native plants because they're native. Right. And they're also generally harder to produce. So the whole tide is shifting. Now we're looking at these native plants probably because our native areas are being encroached upon Mm -hmm. and also we have a a bigger appreciation for them so i'm really excited that i have some of those at the house but i love the whole magnolia group and we have another native magnolia which has been hybridized and from that we've gotten this group of brightly colored scented trees which are smaller because the native one the macrophylla it's 150 feet tall Gee, do you need a do you need a 150 foot tall near tree near your house? Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a pretty big tree. No, you don't want that. No, I don't think so. No, so um, that goes back to that. You only have a limited number of choices to make for this plants around your house. It's that same rule about like economy, right? You only have so much time. The real cost of anything you do is what am I not doing when I'm doing this? That's the ultimate. Like that's the ultimate rule. So if you're going to spend your time doing something, you need to make sure it's got got some importance and it's got some some merit and ideally has some passion too so right um that's what i hope to to bring to every plant selection that i make for myself and i i really hope that i can get other people to to bring that same sort of passion to it i mean yeah i think you're you're doing a great job of that and uh (laughs) i just wanted to ask you on all these plants you're talking about in especially the last couple you mentioned 
Are, are you growing them indoors or outdoors? Outdoors. Outdoors. Well, okay, so there's everything. Yeah. So, um, I knew you probably had the actual greenhouse itself. Yeah. So we have a setup situation so that one area is pr- for propagation exclusively, and that includes seeds and cuttings. So we're able to reproduce pretty much anything. Yeah. However, um, I have a hardy magnolia grandiflora, which is our native evergreen magnolia. And you don't really see them around here because most of them are hardy to zone seven or eight. And I've got one that's a zone five hardy, and I've been trying to propagate it now for three, two years. Mm-hmm. I have taken 300 cuttings, and I have seven plants. Now, when you say that, you're you're trying to do what you're trying to do to that tree. In layman's terms, what are you trying to do? Uh, so you're, I have you're a cutting real, into the tree? Yeah. No, so I have a tree. Yeah. It's amazing. It's called Poconos. Okay. It's hardy to negative 10. It's none of its other relatives are hardy to that cold. Okay. There's been no cold damage on a Magnolia grandiflora, which is that southern magnolia. You've got those brown backside of the leaves and that big glossy leaf. Sometimes you see them in a, a wreath for Christmas. Right. And these big, huge, creamy, like extra fragrant flowers. So, like, they're not around here. And I saw this one and I got it and we've had it now for almost 20 years. There's wow. no damage. Wow. I cannot propagate it effectively. And I'm like, why is no one else growing this? It's like, because nobody can root it. Right. Um, so I've taken 300 cuttings off of my tree. Mm-hmm. And of 300 cuttings, I have been successful with a mere seven. That is a terrible percentage. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> so I keep trying and I keep practicing. And one day I'll figure out the, the trick for it. Right. Um, but so that's like one of those natives I was talking about that's like, amazing and better than maybe all the other natives like it yes um but like who doesn't need a gorgeous evergreen flowering like relatively small tree in their yard right and i can't make enough i can't get them to grow i'm so frustrating so is that an indoor tree no okay right back to the indoor outdoor question that's okay so he's definitely outdoor okay so we have the propagation area which is like a nursery right like for like for babies like you know you take care of them it's the conditions are perfect. And then they go from there, they go into a field or into a container. And that's for all the stuff that can handle our cold temperatures. I see. And then the other part of that is we have the stuff that has to stay where it's warm right. or it would die. So that's air plants. I've got thousands of air plants. They're all over the walls. Okay. It's crazy. I right. Got, you know that moss that hangs in Florida? Yes. I've got it hanging in like six foot pieces from the ceiling. And one part of this, it's and people. Some people went in today, actually, and they were like, "We're overwhelmed." Yeah, maybe just a little, because <laughs> you have to like push it aside to get through. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to the warmer weather, so we can like open up and get a few things pulled outside that won't get damaged by the cold. And and um, you know, it's we're almost at the date, May fifteenth. That's our day, right? When when we are like supposed to be 99% in the clear. So um it's really I'm looking forward to that date so I can put stuff out and get some breathing room. It's interesting how you guys uh, keep track of mother nature just like the weathermen do. It's really important obviously in your job. Um we're about to wrap up here, but let me ask you uh, do you ever see any critters in your greenhouse? Snakes. Yeah. <laughs> do you get some surprises <laughs> once in a while? Uh yeah. <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, I, I mom, bet you have. Mom, mom is the one who always discovers them because she's the most afraid. Yes, and uh, I would be there with your mom. She she went in one day and I think we had a 
I think it was like a six foot black snake on mm-hmm. top of the bench yeah. in the greenhouse. I would have been gone. See yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I hate them. Yeah. yeah. But I have I have tempered my my reaction. I see. Um, there was one day last year we had some clients there and they were walking through, and uh, there was a it must have been another six or seven foot black snake mm-hmm. and and I heard this woman and she was just a Lord have mercy help me what is <laughs> and I I don't not sure what else she said but right. it was really good right. I might not be able to say it again. I understand. And um and so I was like, what is going on? And I go out there and there is the biggest, most beautiful black snake. Right. Like so gorgeous. And it's just going across the road. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, we're not going to kill it. We're going to let it go. Mm-hmm. And uh, it does help with our mice problem. Sure. Yeah. They if do. I can stand the heart attacks. Yeah. I understand. As long as you can see them ahead of time, they're not so bad. Yeah. That don't always happen. I know. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> that's what everybody says that's it all right his name is uh tim barker tim uh, as we wrap up here let folks know how they can get in touch with you oh okay yeah so uh we're you can find us on uh, google maps as country gardens okay and uh so that's one way to get a hold of us and another way is you could give us a call if you want to yeah um i have a number here there you go it's uh it's a it's our cell phone number eight two eight seven seven three six five six four and uh you know cell phone service is pretty spotty but give us a call we'll get back to you Mm -hmm. you can also uh look us up look me up on uh etsy yeah and or on instagram on mountain paradise nursery and mountain paradise gardens the reason for the name mountain paradise is because believe it or not there are three country gardens within 300 miles of us okay and so since i've come into the business and trying to grow it and get a little more wider like base of of customers, right? Um, I sort of felt like I needed to uh, change the name so it could be more like solo, yeah. like one only one of a kind. Sure. So that's why uh, we'll be making a name change at some point, but it may just have to be Country Gardens is there and Mountain Paradise just jumps on in with the side of it. So right. But I did buy the website. Okay. But there's right. nothing on it yet. Nothing on it yet. All right. <laughs> So, so that's forthcoming, and uh, you also mentioned you're on Facebook too, correct? Yep, uh, we're on Facebook as Country Gardens. Okay, and um, so yeah, we've uh, been really, really blessed. Yeah, no really doubt blessed. about it. Sounds uh, sounds like you really have, and uh, what a what a history there with your family. Thanks for sharing. Oh my goodness, thank you for having me on, and much appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. His name again is Tim Barker, Country Gardens. This has been our Farm Friends. Pin Care Total Office Podcast this week. My name is Graham Cadell. And as well, as we always say, until next time, we appreciate you being here. Tim, thank you so much. Have a good day.